This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Tech stories. This is how we live our life. Joining us is Adam Oldfield, Global News Radio technology expert. Adam, welcome. How are you? You know what? I, I made it through the week, Arlene. I, I'm I'm so proud because it was uh, it was a treacherous, deadly, uh, absolutely mind-boggling, tech-slamming kind of week. So Friday's here. I'm excited. It's finally ended. It was. I mean, tech is not just, you know, personal tech news anymore. It's intersecting with politics and culture, really, in a way that I, I, I can't remember it this big. Well, you know, they, the tech has gone so far as there are psychologists that are actually treating how uh, social media has affected emotionally uh, people every every day. And, you know, you take into account that social media in, in so many aspects can be, more or less alter whether or not you're in a happy mood or, a, a, you know, mm. a sad mood. And I mean, we use social media in so many ways to basically identify our, our needs of always wanting appreciation, always wanting people to hear what we say, or if we're angry, we want people to rouse behind us and so forth. So it really does take an emotional toll on you when you're actually out and constantly reviewing and taking a look at what's everyone saying? Did they like it? Did they hate it? Did they comment on it? What are they, what are they saying about it? So, you know, at the end of the week, it's really a psychology issue. I can tell you, psychologists everywhere, including chiropractors for that matter, for the, uh, <laughs> holding them. Or, uh, they're all loving this whole social media psychology and smartphone uh, issues that we have. these days. It's so. deep. It's deep and it's heavy. Well, let's run through some of the stories this week. This one, I kind of am a little wary about. There's all these lessons on how to see fake news, whether it's on yes. Facebook or anywhere. I'm not sure that the people who are telling us how to do this really know it. What do you say? <laughs> well, first of all, the effort of going through and qualifying whether it's fake news or not is always, it, it's actually quite uh, interesting, and it makes it almost a job. I mean, when you take a look and you see an article, the whole idea between social media is you see a, car, you see a story, you see an article, you look at a video, and you go, wow, that is factual. That is now interesting. I'm now going to uh, share that with my friends and colleagues. The issue is that there is a lot of manipulative news. No and kidding. that manipulative news, is, <laughs> yeah. which, which is causing a lot of unfortunate, uh, uh, you know, mind-altering decisions, comments, a lot of hate, racism. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is happening quite a bit. So you can shut it off. It's very easy. If you go through 17 steps in Facebook, you can go through, mm-hmm. report an article, and, you know, and the funny thing was uh, Facebook is actually commenting, please make sure you only indicate which ones are uh, fake, not legitimate news. So it's really becoming almost a bit of a challenge to be, uh, you know, all of us have to be our own journalists to justify uh, whether or not it's real or it's fake or otherwise. You're right. So, I mean, I watch these things and I, I, you know, I go on my Twitter feed and somebody says something nasty or you're like, bot. You can just tell. I mean, it, yes. it's almost yeah. a game, as you say. It's it, it's. And here, let me ask you, because there, there is also, you were talking about the effect on people in psychology. 
I'm in a tough situation, and maybe you are too. Sometimes people send me stuff, and I don't know how to tell them that that's a fake website because I'm into it and I know it. And it's it's a bit it's a bit rude, isn't it? And I'm trying to find ways to say they're like, "Did you get it?" And I, I will say. Yes, I did. I must tell you, you know, that is a website that has a lot of conspiracy theories, and it's a website that spreads fake news. And you can see the people kind of look at you, maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody who's into manners. Maybe we need Miss Manners to tell us how to tell people that now. Well, I was going to say, you're that girl, are you? You don't, mm. you, you're that girl that's out there that's trying to be polite. The way I like to address it, I think to be fair, mm-hmm. is that nothing more embarrassing than someone sharing something, commenting and saying, isn't this ridiculous? And then they're sort of, you know, kind of advised, that's fake news. Yeah. You didn't take the time to do it. Yeah. Now, the way I always like to approach it is, Find something that indicates it is fake news. So, mm-hmm. you know, to be a little bit more, I, you know, to be addressing the fact that I think the story you're looking at is not relevant or accurate. Here is an article that references why that is or how that was misrepresented. I've seen stories circulating for a while. And so these stories have been out there for a while, basically, you know, being recirculated where it's like, I saw that in 2012. So, you know, to be fair, I think a lot of us tend to make the mistake of thinking it's uh, realistic. And, you know, uh, I think the best way to handle it is maybe do a little research, find the link, share it with your friends, comment on it, not necessarily throw it in the face. But being in a polite way to say, it's best if you don't share this with anyone. And exactly. And I I see them kind of jolt, and I want them to jolt, actually, because they need to get to the place where a lot of us did, where, uh uh-oh, you have to realize that there's a lot of manipulation going on out there. InfoWars, that was a nice segue. They're back on Twitter. and They're probably the poster people for conspiracy theories. And it's caused such a big debate, hasn't it, Adam? Is this censorship or is this hate speech? We've often talked about censorship and for decades now we're into a new area. Troublesome. It is. And, you know, there's a bit of a balance here. I mean, you have to look at it and say, you know, we say freedom of speech, which is you're you're entitled to your opinion. And that's what social media was intended to be. It was an opinion shared comment. uh, uh, I would say freedom of being able to express yourself. But in the same token, where we look at professional, traditional media like AM640, it's got a lot of rules. They govern Mm -hmm. themselves accordingly. Mm -hmm. They do their research, kind of taking it from the fake news. We do a lot of fact-checking. When you take into account that Twitter and social media with with the fact that we have InfoWars coming into play, we know that uh, the gentleman that's going to be back online, and, and even what we see, like things that have altered and truthfully put panic in the market when, when you yeah. saw uh, uh, information being shared from, you know, racist points, or you're looking at, you know, uh, there was a time the governor made a comment in Hawaii, and they accidentally tweeted mm-hmm. that there was going to be a missile coming its way. So you look at this and say the freedom of information is so quick, so reactive that people can be able to uh, uh, comment to that and be able to, you know, see that, that that moment of free open expression should be available to us, but to what extent? Is it causing, and this is the problem we look at with Dorsey when he, you know, coming into the picture with Twitter, he's got uh, two facts to uh, to work with. One, freedom of expression, be yourself, share your information, 
be who you want to be, hashtag whatever you want, yeah. and the other side to shareholders. And the shareholders are critical for the fact that that's how they make a profit. And for the first time, Twitter in the last few years started making money. And that's a real balance he's got to challenge on. It is. And it is, uh, I think, it's a terribly, terribly important discussion. And I don't even like to say the FN two words anymore <laughs> because it's been morphed. A lot of the people yeah. who are using that are the people who are relying on it. And it's also bled into news organizations or maybe not news organizations, but into opinion pieces. And it's it's terrible terrible and frightening but it was really interesting on this finally i want to say twitter was the last holdout for Infowars. yes that's right and rightfully so because it's still one of the it's the only one that hasn't been a uh, forced into congress mm-hmm. uh it is one of those ones that still has this kind of free open market the advertising is is not been so strict in the way that it's caused uh, a buffle, minus the one issue I mentioned before in Hawaii with a missile coming toward it. But aside from that, and Donald Trump's main reason of where and how he speaks outward, it really is one of those mediums of all the large guys or girls, if you will, in entities of social media that is really on the crux of being governed and being able to manage itself. And with that, I think there's going to be a few things that are going to be challenging Twitter, and it's had a lot of problems. It has not been a real easy no. ride for Twitter. No, they have bots and, and Russian bots and all that influencing, and now it's all coming to a crashing end, hopefully. Exactly. It's coming It's coming full circles where it is. And, and the real interesting thing is where will Twitter be in the next two to three years, if it exists at all? Adam Oldfield with that major question. I'd like to thank you for joining us, Global News Radio Technology. Actually, have a great Friday night. You too. Have a great evening. It's amazing, isn't it? What do you do when somebody sends you something and you know it's from crazy land? It is a little bit of of a cultural learning curve. Doesn't that happen to you? Tony Tedesco, producer here. Tony, what do you do? If somebody sends you something, I uh, typically find <laughs> something—a real story, perhaps. Oh, you do actual, and then you send oh, them. Oh, I stuff. actually. Oh, yeah, I actually do the research, and I'm one of those. I get behind the computer, do the research, and I'm like, yeah, but here's the real news story, and this is. But what how you do you know? So, what do you mean? About. Well, you can't always do I that. I try and find mainstream media. Uh, my, our own company, for instance, yeah. you know, we're with Global News mm-hmm. Radio. And I will find some of our own stories, but uh, yeah, and and I, I'll post those. Uh, I try not to be rude about it and just be like, "Hey, you might want to read this." No, and it, telling it, people they're wrong. People don't want to hear they're wrong. No, hey, they don't want to hear this. they're wrong. But I think they deserve a jolt, as I just said there to Adam, to take another look at stuff. We've all been through it. I remember the moment. I mean, I've been in the journalism and news business for a very long time, and there, here was the internet, and there weren't a lot of really totally lying weirdo websites out there. You could tell. Now you need to know which ones are out there because they. They look normal, and we've all been thought. Oh, here up until today, I believe that head tread transplants were possible. (laughs) (laughs) But now, Arlene, you corrected the record for me. Yeah, now you're going to make me tell my head transplant story, but I'm not. (laughs) I am not prepared (laughs) for Alex Pearson. I'm Arlene Bond, and this is Global News Radio.